0: block talk radio the un-
1: welcome to charge the mound I'm Tori Tyson and I'm joined today by Eugene Benton uh, it's Wednesday May 12th and uh, we are gonna kick off the show here I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be quite honest uh, we've had some rain in the uh, area uh, all over the area and it's it's cancelled games moved some practices around so I think we're gonna lose some of our ho- our uh, guests coming in tonight but but uh, boy I think I think I have enough to talk about uh, with a couple things that happened today on the on the high school baseball front, um, but uh, before we get into that, I want to welcome in
2: Eugene. Uh, Eugene, how are you doing? Man, I'm doing well. I tell you, if we had any baseball game, it would be either canceled or played in the rain today. It's been a... Uh raining, raining, raining all day. You know, the fields are getting wet. That, you know, the grass needs the rain, I tell you. I've been on a bunch of fields lately and they are dry as can be. So we need the rain, just maybe not all at once, I tell you. But uh other than that, getting ready tomorrow night, got a big trip planned. I'll be on a plane to Vegas for the weekend. Uh watching a young man kick some balls and do his thing for Chris Saylor out in Las Vegas. Uh, hopefully come back with a big big ranking, uh, getting ready to head into some big time college camps for Spencer. Uh, today locked in two more, got a private workout over in Atlanta with Georgia state. Um, they're interested in them. They said they're on scholarship for 2022. They love his film, but they want to see him do it in person. So, uh, got that locked in, I think for the 13th and, um, got Ohio state locked in for them. Uh, South Carolina coastal, some other things. So that's pretty big. And I know it's a baseball show, but looking forward to a big weekend, man, I've never been to Vegas. I'm not a gambling person. I'm not, you know, really into all that stuff, but, I guess it, you know. I'm just kind of curious to see it. I, I'm sure you you've probably been at some point in your career or something else, but uh, I've just never been. Never been something that's been high on my list. Not terribly high. Not one of those bucket list items. But again, you know, I'm interested. You know, we do have a bunch of stuff planned uh, as far as kicking footballs and, and getting them to places where it needs to be to do its thing. But you know, all in all, I'm kind of excited just to see it uh, uh, for once. And uh, aside from cool. you know, TV cool. or pictures. Cool. That's, uh, yeah, I've enjoyed my
1: – actually, I've only had one trip to Vegas, and that will hopefully be the last trip to Vegas. Um, but, you know, yeah, it's, you know, you, you mentioned some of the recruiting stuff. We will get into some recruiting stuff later. Um, tonight we'll have uh, Marshall Whitmer, pitcher from Wando High School uh, in Mount Pleasant area. He'll join us and talk about his recruiting process and, and what happened there. Um, You know, and then uh, getting – kind of transferring back into baseball, I I know we're kind of winding down. We've got – with college baseball, we're winding down. We've got maybe seven, eight games left, uh, a couple big series for Clemson and South Carolina, uh, College of Charleston. Um, You know, all the local schools are kind of like – have kind of put themselves all on the bubble um, for that NCAA bit. And and so I know they're all working – They're they're all uh, working overtime to to try and win these last couple series, Um, so we look forward to those coming up, and um, we'll get into some college baseball later. I know I'm up here in Greensboro, North Carolina, right now, so that's where I'm I'm remotely coming from, and my game that I was watching today between the um, high A uh, teams, between the Braves and the Pirates, sorry, I'm trying to get used to the new landscape of all the all the major league minor league affiliates have have changed city so i'm still trying to get get used to who is where but i'm up here watching this and i know that we've got a lot of brave fans that listen to this and um man there's a kid michael harris the second uh that i saw last night in center field you get he's a 20 year old and you guys are going to see him in the big leagues here pretty soon uh i'd say within the next two years uh i'm i'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and put it on record that, that uh Pache, uh continues to hit about 150 and won't be able to handle center field. But this kid's this kid's pretty special talent down here that I watched last night, and um, that's what I'm doing right now is traveling around the minor leagues. And um, you know, with the with the rain out, it did give me time to, to sit down, and relax, and do the show. Um, and then I'll be back at at it with a doubleheader tomorrow. But I know, uh, you know, I'm I'm going to go ahead and and jump right into what I had mentioned earlier, Eugene, and and I know. You know, when we were talking beforehand, you said, you know, do you, do you want to talk about the uh, mm-hmm. elephant in the room? And, um, you know, today I, I'll, I'll just go ahead and mention that uh, Oceanside Collegiate Academy let go of Jerry Stoots, Coach Jerry Stoots, the head coach there who has been coaching for uh, a long time. Um, and, um, sorry. And uh, he got let go a couple hours ago, and I've seen it all over social media. He is uh, in the the uh, South Carolina Hall of Fame um, as a coach. He is the all-time winningest coach at uh, you know in the state of South Carolina, and uh, you know it's it, no just being personally involved. Uh, my son's a sophomore at Oceanside, and and you know Jerry, we hate to see Jerry go. He's a good man. Um, he put in all kinds of time for youth baseball over the the last forty plus years, and. Um, you know, we thank Jerry for his time and effort, and um, I know just just from talking to a couple people today that, that I think they're just going to go what I what I've heard is a different direction, and I've heard that before as well. I've heard that twice before, uh, so I, I get what that means. It means you're fired, and um, you know. So um, I spoke to Jerry as well, and you know, he was pretty down, but just said that he sees the writing on the wall that you know he's a little too old school for the kids nowadays, and. And I will get into that uh, with this venting session. I'm hoping some of my uh, you know, baseball friends call in and, and talk because uh, I know they're all ready to talk to me behind the scenes, but when it comes to the radio, do they really want to get on and, and put their name on there? So I'm hoping some some of you call in. Um, if you're listening now, that call-in number that I'm asking for tonight is 323-784-9681. Again, it's 323 784 Nine six eight one, um, you know. And uh, but back to the oceanside thing. Uh, we will. I, I heard we will be naming a new head coach there. We'll hear a name in the the coming week, and we'll see what direction that is they're going. So, I don't know if you got any comments on on
2: that, Eugene. Before I you know get any deeper. Yeah, you know, I've, I've met Coach Suits quite a few times. Um, you know, just because in, in the coach's office and whatnot. You know, he's a guy been a part of the game for, you know, very close uh, a four-plus decade in the coaching ranks, and, uh, you know, he brought with him the, the resume of winning as coach. Uh, he took the team here at Oceanside two years ago to the state championship final. Uh, came up a little bit short. It was very close. Um, last year, had the team loaded, I, I think, probably one of the uh, preseason favorites to win the state title. Obviously, COVID stripped that away, and... You know, we can look back and say maybe if they had that state title run, maybe things would be different today. Um, you know, I, I've seen the messages. You know, I've gotten some texts too. You know, how do you how do you let let a guy go that was 20 and five? I mean, we see in other areas that teams are you know 18 and seven and won their division and headed to the playoffs. 20 and five in this division, we know it's a tough division in baseball with Hanahan and BE. Um, but you know, uh, at the end of the day, I guess you know the administration. I'm not speaking for them because I haven't, you know, I I don't know why the decision was made. But I guess if you don't make the playoffs um, with a talented team, I guess maybe they are moving in a different direction, you know, for that, or or, or maybe you know some other reason, or, or a cadre of reasons. I'm not really sure. But um, 25 didn't didn't make the playoffs, and the school, like you said, has uh, made this choice to go in a different direction. I've heard that decision, too. Someone told me they were going a different direction, and that meant I wasn't going to be going in that same direction with them. So, uh, you know, it's a, tough, it's a tough pill to swallow. Um, I, about six years ago, I would heard that at a job I was at, and it was disappointing. I was making a good salary, liked where I was, uh, had great benefits, and then I found myself looking for something else. Um, you know, and it's, right. it's a tough kill to swallow. That first day is always tough right afterwards because it's kind of, you know, what am I going to do now? Um, you know, but I think coaches has done plenty, and uh, if he wants to continue coaching, I'm sure someone's going to pick him up. Um, you know, I am curious to see where the school goes with that. You know, um, yeah, did they promote within the ranks? Did they bring somebody in? I mean, based on, you know, the way the football hiring went, uh, we saw uh, guys apply for the job out of state um so you know i guess that the profile of school is out there um but you know a coach coming in has got to be pretty pretty uh headstrong to know that you know 20 and 5 didn't you know didn't get the last guy who went to a state championship two years ago uh you know an extra year on at the helm so whoever they hire has got to realize you know when you're coming in there's high expectations now that said uh, the new coach will be inheriting a quite talented and very deep roster. Guys that's been in the team, some of them that's been on the, on the level, and there's actually a couple guys I think that will be returning to, you know, experience that state championship run, either as the JV program or as freshmen or whatnot. Um, you know, so so we'll see. But the expectations are certainly there. The school made it known. Uh, and like I said, the, the coach will be inheriting a very talented roster. Um, especially, you know, with that sophomore class becoming juniors. There's a couple of juniors that will be seniors, Uh, you know. And, of course, you know, the ninth graders, uh, they've had a great year on the JV squad. Um, Some of those ninth and tenth graders, uh, and, you know, some of them might be moving up to that varsity level. So whoever it is, uh, good luck to you. We'll welcome you in. And, uh, obviously, you'll have the tools and talent to, to succeed. So we'll all be waiting to see who that hire will be. Right. Um, You know, you know, since
1: it's my show, I'm going to go ahead and start venting, Um, you know, because today's game, today's world is just a lot different than it than it was when I was, you know, that age, I guess, 30 years ago uh, in high school. And, um, you know, it's it's really frustrating on one hand that. You know, I think I've heard the term. You know, the inmates run the asylum, and that and that's that's the truth. Is you know, I know in, uh, in some of these cases the the players are going in and talking to the athletic directors and the principals and saying, I don't like my coach, and and I get all that. I I, I played for a lot of coaches I didn't like. Um, you know, it's frustrating to me because I uh, just having a baseball background and. And being a part of program, I know a lot of people come talk to me, and I keep saying, go talk to, go talk to the coach. You know, have your kid, go talk to the coach. Um, and that's, that's one of those things that's just frustrating. Times have changed. Um, the inmates do kind of run the asylum. I mean, if, if all the players of some team, even in high school, get mad at the coach and don't like the coach, it, it's tough to keep your job. And I think, you know, for Coach Stutes, uh, all those years of doing it his way that were successful, I think it just kind of came time where he, you know the, the, he just didn't connect with the boys, and the boys didn't connect with him, and um, that's uh, that seems to be you know where the missing ingredient was. The twenty and five doesn't matter. I mean, uh, you know, Eugene, I know you've been around a few of the games, but you know, last year and the year before when we're playing in in these two A against one A schools, you know, we're we're facing. Uh, teams that that all of our kids have have played at a much higher level than so when you say twenty and five uh, you know I watched almost all but maybe three of those games and the three games I didn't go to were because I just didn't want to and if I don't want to go watch a baseball game that my son is in um, then that tells you it's really really bad baseball so um, I will say I'm not I'm not uh, you know defending Oceanside's move. Um, but the the record 20 and 5 doesn't doesn't really reflect anything Um, yes it's a very good team but the five games that they lost um, to to be quite frank you know one one of those teams was as good as we are and the other two were not even close so
3: um,
1: you know the way I see it you know he should have been four and one in those games so um, you know you can take that side of the story but I just want the parents and the kids that are listening to know just go talk to your coach. And, and I also would love it if the coaches were listening and, and took my advice when the kids are disrespectful to you or the kids, uh, you know, uh, are, are banning together and going and talking, try punishing them. Try, try saying, Hey, guess what? You can't talk to me that way. You're off the team. Um, You know, I've heard multiple stories around town with all these people you know, complaining about this and that. And and they go to the coach, talk, complain, and then all of a sudden you're sitting here going, hey, uh, 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 you know, I've been complaining for this long and, and I got to play. Well, yeah, these coaches play the kids after they complain, after they come in. So I've been telling parents of these pushover coaches, hey, just have your kid go talk. He'll start the next day, which is really sad. That these coaches have just kind of lost their their backbone, in my opinion, their spine, and they they end up letting the kids run the team. So um, anyway, Uh, so you know I I I know I'm kind of jumping around. I got a lot going on. We've got phone callers calling in. Um, Eugene, have you checked out
2: what we got here waiting in the green room? Yeah, we got Justin ready to roll. So uh, we'll put him through uh, whenever you're ready. Go for it. And and to Justin, all right, you hear we got me. Justin online. Go ahead. Yeah. Corey. Hey,
1: how's it going? Hey, it's your son. It's my son. Yeah, from California. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you want to go ahead? And, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, Big Head? Yeah, <laughs> still fit, buddy. Uh Justin Snyder um resides in San Diego, California. Uh played a little bit of baseball for the Yankees under the tutelage of the great Tory Tyson. Oh boy.
4: Oh boy. So you're
1: not any smarter. Uh it's 20 years later, but uh yeah, so how I good I'm glad you called in. I mean, sorta. Of. Uh what do you got going Talk on here? You're, you're in real estate now, it? huh? Yeah, real estate coaching uh coaching travel ball. So I was listening to kind of the beginning of uh of the radio show and um stuff going on out there is is you know, is is apparent out here as well. So figured I'd call in and chat. Yeah, your your little guy is how old now? Uh he'll be sixth in August and uh karma has bit me in the rear end and I'm having a daughter coming next month. Oh, congrats, man. And so you're already doing travel ball at six years old? No, he's not. I'm co- I'm coaching uh, like a 10-year travel ball team. Okay, great. So this this will be good because you'll be in the situation I was in when I was in the minor leagues, coaching, you know, back at home. And you'll hear every complaint you could possibly get from every parent and – by the time you your son is ready to you know play and you coach him, you'll you'll uh, you'll know all the answers. So that's good. Um, that's tough. You enjoy ten? You? Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, there's times that <clears throat> there's times that I forget they're ten. Um, you know, just because my coaching style is is pretty similar to to what yours was. Uh oh, I I would really like to to know what you think my coaching style was and and we can't mention any del marva stuff <laughs> that wasn't coming up, dude i don't want to put that out in public <laughs> i just kidding. so no but but i would like to know what my style was um
5: you know if you if from
1: from you know a player's standpoint if if you come hard you know to the, if you come to the yard and work hard um and give your best effort, and not slack off, and you know it. It's reciprocated with the coaching staff, and and they notice it. Um, so your coaching style, I would say, you know, you expect your players to come in, especially at that level, and and do their job, you know, and and try to eliminate the outside influences. Um, so that's that that's the spot where I get in, where I forget they're ten years old um got you know they they signed up for it you know do you do you want a pat on the backside for doing what you're supposed to do you know or do you want to push yourself and you know progress you know some sometimes yeah. they're gonna sometimes they're gonna suck because you're struggling but you know I, t- I tell my kids the only bad at bad or the only bad play is one one that we don't learn from yeah well that's that's i mean I think Tagger started playing at at nine U, and then ten uh, U, I, I, I think was his first like real uh, season that I can remember. And then I started coaching him at eleven U. And I, I will say, what we did tonight is we uh, we didn't move players. We didn't. Uh, we talked about hey, this is going to be. We're teaching you how to play the game. You're going to teach each other, coach each other. Um, we taught him how to read swings. You know, just very simple. You know, he's late because the ball's being fouled off over there. Um, he's early. Like, what should should we throw a changeup or a fastball after he's early on our fastball? We kind of taught him all these things, even at eleven, twelve years old. We had we had catchers, first basemen calling back picks on their own, uh, making up their own signs. Um, you know, everybody had the green light. Uh, they just had to tell me why they thought it was a good time to steal and, and you know we coached a lot in the dugouts and um ironically you know we're we're talking I'm talking about this 11U team about six of those kids are on this team this Oceanside team with with Tagger, who's 16 you know they're all sophomores now and um and I, I truly believe I'm not taking credit the players are really good and when you have six guys that are possibly division one baseball players on a high school team, um, you know, and that's just in the sophomore class. Uh, they are, they, they know the game. And, um, you know, it's, it's whoever walks into this coaching job is going to be handed, you know, two years of at least, you know, the final four in the state. Um, but I, you know, I'd, I'd venture to say we will win state both years. So good time to take over. But going back to the Little League stuff, you know, I, I, if you can spend the extra time coaching them on how to call a game, how to move defenses it worked really well for Tagger's age group. Yeah, no I I I agree 100% with you know coaching themselves. Um, you know, because if it doesn't translate coming from a coach, who else is it going to be best presented to you by? You know, your peers. Right. So if they're teach if they're teaching each other, you know, or relying on each other to to make in-game adjustments like that, then that's going to do nothing but elevate the, you know, the other players that are on the team, you know, that might not be on that level athletically gifted-wise. Right. But, you know, you see those guys that that aren't as gifted as others, and but they put in, you know, twice as much work, and they're a student of the game. You know, you see those guys have just as much, if not more, success than the, you know, the athletically gifted athletes. Yeah. Well, I think, um, a lot of our kids just, uh, you you get to the big field and our kids had already known what,
4: you know, tandem
1: relay or, you know, they already knew all the spots to go to because we ran those little fields, just like the big fields, um, taught them all the right things. So, uh, when they got onto the big field, they were just so much further ahead of everybody else. And some of those guys just got left behind because their coaches just held their hand and told them everything, you know, um, to be honest, one of your teammates, and I really hope he's not listening right now, um, but one of your teammates, a first-rounder from Louisiana that the Yankees drafted, is the Knock one it that, really, that, that really made me just think to myself, I have got to make sure my son knows every facet of the game before he gets to pro ball. Because, you know, this high school draft, I mean, he didn't go to college, so obviously he didn't get – you know, you, you had the, the college at San Diego, so you were a little bit more prepared than a high school kid for pro ball. But came in there, and I'm like, how do you not know where to go on the field? You're 18 years old. And that's really the first time a first-rounder with the New York Yankees didn't know where in the world to go on the field. And I was like, this will never happen with my son or anyone that he plays with. I'll make sure they all know where to go on the field and that's no lie dude i'm not i'm not just saying that i distinctly remember coaching one day saying this will never happen like i'm tired of saying hey move over that way can you not see how early he is um you know now i guess i guess now players like that would fit in perfectly cuz cause, cause as you watch these big league games they just pull out cards out of their back pocket and some analytical computer nerd, you know, has already told them how many steps you're supposed to take in and right and all that stuff for each hitter. But um, that's a whole nother story. I might even go there tonight. We ha- we might have time. So the state of the I can game just is imagine it, what cute. would have been on the cards that you handed out, buddy.
0: <laughs>
1: you did what? I can just imagine what would have been on those cards that you handed out. I think my sarcasm uh, would have come through if I had made cards for you guys. Oh, absolutely, and, but, and yeah. I know. I
0: know exactly
1: who you're talking about. He's got real big balls.
0: <laughs> well,
1: I know. I know we could put the whole team's cards inside your hat. Um, this, the, oh, for those of you don't know, know, Justice Snyder is the biggest head in the history of professional sports. So, <laughs> um, yeah. It looked, anyway, we won't go there. But I appreciate you calling in. Anything else going on with you in the baseball world?
0: Uh, no, well,
1: nothing much besides my five-year-old child hitting absolute laser beams in T-ball. But that goes to the well, the other fact that you know I don't know what the what the difference between rec ball or little league rec ball and travel ball is out there, but out here the you know little league is took a tremendous decline talent-wise, because everybody, you know, out here in San Diego, you can throw a rock and hit 19 different travel teams. Right. So all the – No, I'm jealous. Know, I'm the, jealous. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm tempted to even just put him up. Like, he'll be six, but even just to put him in, like, seven U machine pitch,
5: you know, because then
1: you know the other kids that are there want to be out there. Right. Yeah, you know, but not, I don't have to, you know, chase around little Johnny and and wipe his nose every six seconds and make sure he's facing the field and not building sandcastles at shortstop. Like, hmm Yeah, it's tough. Uh, my my dad coaches my nephew. Um, he's coached him since he was six or seven, and I don't know. Like, you got to be certain type of special to uh, to handle that. I I am a firm believer. That these kids shouldn't play baseball until they're ten or eleven. Uh, it's just not fun, you know. Like you got to get all, like you said, like-minded kids in there that all want to be there, not just like, oh, I got to go to baseball tonight. So yeah, you want to uh, take a take a guess on who my assistant coach is
0: <laughs>
1: out there, out in San Diego? Yeah. You, uh, don't tell me it's Fortenberry. Or you got somebody to move out there.
6: Nah, Fortson,
1: Texas. It's uh, a Bruzo. <laughs> a Bruzo, Jordan Bruzo. Nice. Yeah. So his, his nice. kids like took it his mind. So we're gonna we're gonna put put together a little travel talk, travel ball team, calling the little bobbleheads.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I love it. I love it. Well, I will. I will. Uh, I'm glad you guys have your uh, resume behind you because that'll head off a lot of these little league coaches like do you hate when parents say this and that and i'm like my parents the parents have never said anything to me um i've i've really not had but one or two issues with any parents over you know five years um and i i'm assuming it's just because they're they know that i probably know more than them so they'll just shut up and leave the team whenever they you know then whenever they really hate it so good luck with it i said hey
5: yeah, absolutely. Our, I mean, our par- is it the same thing with travel out there
1: with parents? Like, just like you see, some are absolutely nuts. Uh, yes, and some of my friends are listening that are absolutely nuts, so they'll get the, they'll understand this. But if you really want your six-year-old to go to the next level, I always joke because I have no idea what the next level is of six you, I guess
6: it's seven you. You need yeah. to start
1: a Twitter page for them. You need to start oh, a dude. Facebook Anything page, be... Instagram, oh, all that. Get it going. Like, start – and start tagging the colleges that he's going to go to. And, I mean, it's insane, man. You're getting into – I mean, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's it's given me a lot to talk about. And my poor wife is probably so sick of hearing about these stupid baseball <laughs> stories. And, you know, she'll see when, when a coach calls me, I'll, like, kind of show her, and she knows I'm gone for the next 20 minutes. So – um, yeah, our parents are very much the same. Uh, we don't have a ton of, uh, teams around here, you know, I mean, you remember Charleston, um, you know, Justin was a Charleston River dog, by the way, if we haven't already mentioned that. Um, and, uh, what years was that by the way? Oh, 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 my okay. first year was up seven was in Staten and then 08 was in Charleston. Yeah. Well, great! They're gonna, you're gonna enjoy these times with your kid, but there's gonna be some heck of stories for you to to go over. So that's what I'm that's what I'm hoping this radio show is. I hope I hope some of these parents that complain all the time start calling in and complain out loud, so um, I don't have to sit here and talk all the time. Right. Anyway, well,
5: like, so I mean, parents come to me, and it's like I don't
1: feel like I have to defend my decision, but I think it's good
5: you know, for them that, you know, and it it has to be the right parent, you know. You can't, like, someone that's not even going to listen to a word you say, regardless of what you say and your pedigree, you know, but there's other parents that, that
1: you know, are asking you because they're genuinely curious about what their kid can do to move up in the lineup or this, that, and the other, right? So so when parents come to me, I I don't say I have to defend myself, but more so kind of explain it. And I have to explain it on, like, their kid's level, too. So, um, you know, parents coming in the dugout during games, like, if that happened when you were playing when you were younger, what, like, your coach would have just, your coach would have sat you. Or I would have said, get out of the dugout, mom, dad. Like, it just would never have happened. I, I don't yeah. know where things got, yeah, I don't know where things got changed. Well, you got to get him close message so you can video and get his launch angle and his exit velo. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. All right. All right, then. Well, I, I, we got plenty of time before our our guest is coming on and uh, nobody else is called in. So let's let's get let's go into it then. You're gonna take me on a tangent here. Uh, you played uh, 15 years ago, uh, professional baseball. Do you think with all this information you mentioned launch angle, exit velocity, um, you know, do you think with all this information that you would have been better, or do you, you know, do you think it would have hurt you? Um, you know, what do you think? I mean, do you think that it would have been beneficial? Do you think it, you would have hit worse if you were worried about all that? You know, what's your honest opinion? Um, I probably the all like the exit velo stuff and and launch. I probably wouldn't have gotten into. Um, I would probably have gotten more into like the biometric stuff, like, you know, how your body works when you're swinging and when you're, you know, when you're creating the most torque. Right. Um, but
5: as, as exit below and, and, you know, and launch angle, like I could care, like I'm trying to hit it on the barrel. I don't care how high it comes or how high or hot it comes off.
3: (laughs)
1: Right. right. I'm, just, I'm trying to barrel a ball. We got kids talking about, oh, this is my exit belows. Like, yeah, but you're swinging in a cage off soft talk. <laughs> like, wait, till you, wait till you get something that can throw it where they want to, and then your exit below is going to be zero as you walk back to the dugout. Yes. Yeah. So I, no, would, I, I don't think and I would have gotten to that. I, think it's, I mean, I, I think it's beneficial for some people. Um, I think – like the whole, the whole media craze over it is because, I mean, trying to attract a broader audience that, that it's caught so much fire, you know, with all the metrics that you can measure now that like the layman person that wouldn't, you know, that didn't play minor league baseball or didn't play at a high level, you know, wouldn't understand. you like, oh, his exit below is this. But, like, what are, this, what are steps A, B, and C that he took to get his barrel in that position? Yeah. Well, that, that's the thing that I've always, you know, I, I just talk about getting the kids, like even your age at six, um, get the kids into a good hitting position, meaning like get them to launch position, you know, in the right position. And that's all you have to do at that age. And when they get up to 14, 15, then you can get more technical if you need to. But, man, um, it's, it, the hitting has become so complicated uh, they are throwing a lot at these kids. I actually bought a pocket radar uh, when the kids were, like, 11, 12. And that ended up, you know, I always said I didn't care about exit velocity and how hard they threw and all that because it doesn't matter at that age. But, man, that pocket radar made practices really fun. Um, you know, we'd, we'd uh, line the kids up at, at up until, I'd say, 13, 14. I think everybody – um. Everybody pitched. You know, played multiple positions, etc. So, um, so those that that was what we were trying to do. Sorry, Eugene, can you take over for one second, Eugene?
2: Yeah, man, I got you. Um, <laughs> sorry, yeah.
1: I got I got to take a call real quick. Okay. Oh, so that's yeah, a, man. a good chance to, to sneak into a Tory so, Tyson a question, story. too. Hey, get it, get Justin. Yeah. Sneak in a story. We'll be right back. Oh goodness gracious.
0: I
2: was going to say if it helps at all, since both of you guys were in the Yankees organization, my first boss out of college was roommates with Brian Cashman at Catholic university. So give me a Brian Cashman story. Um,
3: I, I did not
1: really run into cash too much. Um, You know, for for us struggling minor leaguers, like, our big, during spring training, our big thing was, you know, sometimes they'd call minor leaguers up to big league camp to, like, play in a split squad or if they're having some guys, you know, have a day off or whatever. Um, So, that was our big, you know, our thing because you get the extra meal money. You get to go hang out with big leaguers. You get big league food. Um, So, I would only see Cashman you know, walking around the big league complex um, every once in a while. He seemed like a pretty, you know, pretty cool dude, pretty down to earth, um, you know, for how much money and power he's controlling.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I guess uh, next.
2: Okay. Well, he's back. I was going to ask, you know, about the process of you joining the major leagues, you know, and that whole draft process and things like that. You know, uh, what was that like for you?
0: Um,
1: I, dude, I went into it like, I went into a blind basically. Like I, I knew, like I knew of the draft, uh, obviously, you know, you know how it works. Um, but I failed to realize until it was a little late in my career that, you know, these, these teams are out here to make money. Um, you know, so if they don't have a lot of money invested in you, um, you know, this goes back to the story that Tori told at the start. Um, you know, same guy got a million dollars out of high school. Um, you know, I I produced, he didn't, but he hung on for another three years after I was done playing. So I just think it like for like, you know, the draft process, but uh, kind of like I,
5: you have various so jobs tell you where you're
1: going, which they have zero pull. Um, You know, it's not until you get up to, like, the national cross-checkers and, you know, the people that actually make decisions where they – if they tell you you're going somewhere, you're probably going. Like, I had had five or six teams telling me I was going top ten rounds, and I didn't end up going until the 21st. So, a little little disheartening there, but, I mean, I just wanted to play. So, and later on down the line, you know, you can tell where the business side starts coming into it. Like, if numbers are comparable – you know, the the guy that has more money invested in him is gonna get the nod over someone that, you know, I got thirty K. Some dude got a million, they're gonna run out their investment until it either pays off or, you know, they got their money's worth. Right. It's I I mean, I, you know you know well enough. I had so many guys walk in the office and ask me, you know, hey Skip, why like why why do you not play me that <laughs> much? I'm like, dude, I can't play you. I'm not allowed to play you. You know, uh, I I think I was very honest with you guys and just said, hey, I can only play you every sixth game. Not you in your case, but uh, some of your teammates. I'm I'm like, I wanted to play some of those guys more, but it wasn't up to me. Uh, That was, you know, Mark Newman, that was the Yankees making that call and telling me, hey, you know, this guy has to play this many games this year. Uh, he sits every fifth game and
5: you know all that
1: so I had all kinds of rules and that, that's what people don't understand um, from the pro side in the minor leagues they, they can scream and yell at the manager at the third base coach They're like we we have things that we had to do it didn't matter what the situation in the game was and until you're a coach and you kind of know oh gosh You know, Abraham Almonte has to get 25 bunts down for a hit this year. You know, um, there's a a lot that is going on behind the scenes that people don't get. And, you know, you mentioned the political part of it. That's why it's so important for these guys getting drafted to get as much as they can. Because, like you said, it'll help them stay around if they don't produce um, the more money they get. so. This the draft and and hiring hiring you know advisors that will help you in the draft it it's it's a big deal it can you know just a, just an extra hundred thousand can make a big difference somewhere. Well, an extra? How about just a hundred? I would have taken that. I probably still would have gone that first
5: off season anyway. But.
1: <laughs> well, I I tried to get you released several times. They, the Yankees really liked you more than I did, so.
0: That's that's good.
6: Yeah, I didn't like me enough to give me a bath,
0: though. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
6: well, actually,
1: uh, I was I was telling that story the other day about uh, uh, since you brought up Almonte and you brought up our team with the real big boat. Um, yeah. I was telling that story where uh, base was loaded, ground ball up the middle. You know, and Almonte has a cannon comes up trying to fire to home, and it dots and dots said shortstop in the head and lands in the stands over by third base. That was incredible. So, those of you that have been in Charleston uh, at the Riverdog Stadium, the the tarp is rolled up on the third base side. And, uh, yeah, so our center fielder hit our shortstop. What were they? Probably thirty feet, forty feet away from each other. It wasn't too far out. Like it was like a it was like a hard ground ball at the middle and Almonte coming in charging and Carmen was like in between, you know, the outfield cut and second base. Right. So And just yeah. got smoked right in the head and it ricocheted all the way into the stand. Over the top. Tar- in the air. <laughs> in the air. It was it was pretty comical. Um, for sure. uh, Justin, while I got you on here, what you got any advice? Uh, you know, just for if can you rewind back to high school when you were trying to decide whether you're going to USD or you know somewhere else? Um, can you put yourself back in those shoes, and would you give yourself any advice? You know, that would help the kids that are going through that right now in you know 10th, 11th, 12th grade. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't, so I didn't, like, I didn't go out, you know, thinking like, hey, I need to do this to get a scholarship. I just went out and, and played the way I play, you know, you know how I get, like, I'm, I'm
5: either a hundred miles an hour, or you've got to sit me on the bench, like, it, it, I'm either on or off. So, um, I wasn't going out every day pressing like, hey, I need a scholarship. Hey, I need a
1: scholarship. Cause I mean, if you're good enough, you know, and there's a bunch of tangents we can jump off, but I'll try and stay on point. Um, if you're good enough, people will find you. Um, and it actually, it, it happened weird. Um, and that's kind of how it happened that I got the USD because um, Billy Epler actually saw me play in high school and his mom is a booster at USD. Um, okay. So that guy like he went down to Coach Hill and was like, Hey, like you need to go look at this guy you know, this, you know, he'd, he'd be a good fit for you. So approaching the process, I mean, I I, I was getting a decent amount of calls and, le- like, the letters and questionnaires and stuff got kind of old because it was repetitive and redundant and somewhat pointless because they already know who you are. They just want to see if you're going to take the time to fill it out. Right. Um, so, I mean, getting recruited pretty – I was getting recruited heavy just in San Diego. Like, uh had an offer from San Diego State. Um, for a full raw, everything, but housing. Okay. And then a couple of weeks later, USD
5: came over, um, you know, and they, they said, you know, we got everything but half your meal plan. Like, all right.
1: So in my main, like my main focus, honestly, like I didn't want my parents paying for one cent of, of my college experience, I would put it. Um
5: you know, cause they,
1: they sacrificed so much, so much time, so much money to get me out to tournaments and travel ball and, you know, get me the, the equipment I needed. Like, I just wanted to pay them back, you know, and say, Hey, like I got this, I got this one for you. Yep. That's cool. I mean, that's, that's what I hope my son does for me. <laughs> Mine is purely financially driven. Um, when when you got to USD did you ever get to work with uh Tony Gwen at all? Um, he was at San Diego State but um oh, Well that's right. Did yeah, common, common misconception. We, we, we were actually we were actually better than them, so <laughs> I know that. I know that.
6: Um
1: uh, no who, but I got the, who, I got
6: to hit with with Tony um
1: in high school. There was like a little you know a, a camp that it was like an invite only camp, and there was like four or five you know d one prospects on that on my high school team as a sophomore, you know which included Jordan um and a couple other one uh Kyle Phillips he played with the Blue Jays in the big leagues for a little bit um, you know, and a couple other dudes so i was i mean going down there and listening like listening to him talk about hitting it.
6: It, I mean, coming
1: from a baseball guy, and I'm sure you feel the same. Just like I, I didn't want it to end. Like I could, I could have soaked every single word that guy said up, and you know. But. Right. And I see now too that it's, it, you know, hit, hitting is, is specific to the person. So each person speaks their own hitting language. Right. So I don't necessarily think that he was the best hitting coach just cuz i mean if you don't struggle how how like what's your adjustment that you're going to teach people
0: <laughs> you know yeah. like
1: you, you're you're just that good like like guys like you and i you know when we went through you know i didn't i didn't put pieces of tape to try and hit 300 on my locker but um You know, like everything's different. So everybody speaks a different hitting language. And I notice that a lot now with the kids that I work with. Um, Just don't know if he was the the best, like, hitting coach. He's the the best hitter, like, hands down for, you know, his era and maybe ever. But, um, you know, there's a a couple other stories, like another story about Tony. Um, Yeah. There's a couple of coaches that coached at USD when I was there, and
5: then they went over to San Diego State. Um, and I was talking to him one day, and, and Tony's, like, he said Tony would sit in the corner of the dugout and call
1: pitches out of the pitcher's hand from the dugout. Like, before he released it, like, out of his hand, be like, oh, change up. So he just, like, did, like, felt it? 70% of People something. can't even see it until it's halfway to the plate. Like, you're calling it from. You know, sixty feet six inches plus whatever the distance is to the dugout. Like that's absurd. Yeah. No, I've heard I've heard that. I've i played with a few guys there I can't even believe where they recognize
6: these pitches.
1: Um so yeah, it's a diff- different different breed. I know working with Pujols, it was the same thing. Like he he didn't know what he did and you know, so he, he wasn't gonna help my son. Um He was just one of the best ever, uh, but not a coach. Uh, Anyway, Um, hey, I I appreciate you calling in, Justin. We're going to jump to another call here. Um, Thanks for saving me and giving me something to laugh about for a while.
5: (laughs) (laughs) All good, brother. Next time I'll uh, have that Delmarva story on tap for you. Oh
1: yeah, that I don't know if this is rated R or it, it's got to be close because I've dropped a couple of inappropriate words over the last few weeks. Yeah, I don't think you can dumb it down to a G rating, dude. I just don't. I don't either. I don't either. <laughs> All right, man. Good talking to you. Thanks again. I appreciate everything. You got it, brother. All right, that was Justin Snyder. He played for the Charleston River Dogs. I think he said '08. Um, for those of you that are hardcore. River Dogs fans, and then we've got another caller here I'm going to go to before we get our, uh, get Marshall Whitmer online. I'm going to, oh, looks like
2: the call was just dropped. Eugene, can you help me out over there? What do you got going on here? Yeah, put him in the green room. Uh, We'll see if we can bring him back. Uh, I think we got him back on the line. So what we'll do, if if you're listening, Marshall, is we're going to hit some music, and then uh, we'll bring you right back in. Uh, I don't, hey, uh, I
1: think, did you, uh, I think this is Brian. Hold on one second, Eugene. Don't hit that music quite yet. Hey, Fish, is that you? It's
4: me. How you doing, Tori?
1: Hey, we got uh, Brian Fisher here on the phone, a friend of mine from the Columbia, South Carolina area, or do you want to be more specific than that on the, the area?
4: Well, if I said Blythewood, people probably wouldn't know where it uh, where it was. So I always say Columbia. Gotcha. Well,
1: so uh, Fish is a buddy of mine uh, that coached against him, and uh, he runs a program called Carolina Longhorns for you travel ball people in South Carolina. Um, I this is a guy after my own heart. He is uh one of those guys that says things that's on his mind and he probably shouldn't half the time so i respect that from you so we got about
2: we got about 10 minutes
1: to kill here fish like i see your facebook post like what let's just go back what is your all-time biggest complaint mine my i don't know if i can name name one but my big one that I deal with is game changer. So, um that's one thing I'll get into with you. But what 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 do you have to to vent about? I've seen your rants about uh other coaches and and misuse. Would that be would that be yours? Overuse?
4: Oh man, overuse is definitely my pet peeve, you know, watching 12-year-old kids throw 170 pitches in a in a weekend and just to get that fake ring, you know, so the coaches who've never played, uh, more than likely, you know, can win a tournament game. You know, it's 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 right. disgusting to me, but that coaches don't know better, especially with everything that's out there, the science, and people like you and I speaking out against it. I mean, you see a lot of coaches, trainers now. You know, we've got a good group of trainers here, um, you know, that, that we train with at Bithewood High School and a bunch of others, and guys like Grayson Griner those guys train with the uh, Athletes Arena. And so there's so much science and data, there's no use, no reason to overuse. But that one and yep. the other one is parents always posting, like especially the high school parents, posting stuff about their kids and then tagging college recruiters. <laughs> that's my new one. That's, that's one I can't get <laughs> off of right now. <laughs> you know, they tag – a college recruiter, I had a JV player, play Wood, who hit a double, and tagged. they tagged a JV double to um, college coaches. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm sure the double off a kid throwing 70 just got your son an offer. Um, I'm all about being proud, but, you know, when you start getting that, you're going to ruin your kid's chances. You know it. I mean, college coaches get turned off by that. So, yeah, overuse, I could go on, man. Overuse, that kind of stuff. Uh, just you know, there's a bunch of different things. It's, it's a different world we live in, my man. You know that.
1: Yes, I know, and and I'm gonna use that. And I I know I have people listening that that do exactly what you're saying. I'm glad you brought it up, so I don't have to.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> but I, I mean, I do. I, I feel bad saying it because because JV is important, but I always say, who cares about JV? It's called junior varsity for a reason. Like you want to be on the varsity team. No one cares about JV, um, and I know that's like you know rude to say because some of these kids will only ever play JV, and I get that. And that's that's one of those things I had to, I have to keep telling myself. I'm like, you know what? like this dad you know is most proud of this kid's hit at jv maybe maybe that's the greatest thing that's ever going to happen in his baseball career so i gotta just shut up and click like you know
4: um but See, i look at am like you just lied to that kid and now he's gonna end up being you know, one of those kids that that's one of those kids if you know what i mean and uh I'm very honest with my guys. I'm very honest with my parents. You know, if you're going to post a home run, post a strikeout. If you're going to post a dive and play, I mean, you know, why don't you post some errors. But, you know, it's just the parents not – I mean, I get it. Trust me. I mean, I'm a dad, and my son's an average player. and but He works pretty hard. He's been around a coach his whole life, and but he gets it harder than most. And I know a lot of parents aren't like me, but I'm a coach – tell my son I'm a coach on the the field and a dad at home, but uh, I just, I don't, I don't get it, man. I, I I just I I don't know. I'm too old school for all the social media crap.
1: I agree. I will say this um, in in defense, I guess. uh, It is amazing since the whole COVID thing happened. um, I have seen kids get signed just on video or Twitter um, or things of that nature. Now, these kids aren't getting huge offers or anything, but they're, they're getting preferred walk-ons and a few have gotten 25% scholarship offers, which shocked me because I've had several D one coaches say, I'll never give a guy a dollar without seeing him, which I would 100% agree with. Um, you know, so, uh, it has, I, I, I will say it has its place. If you, um, you know, are just putting, uh, uh, you know, the the particulars about, you know, a kid that's the legit college recruit. But I'm with you tagging uh, the college coaches that um, you're interested in. You're also – what what these dads don't understand, you're also playing your co- – you're like showing your hand to people. You're showing them what schools you want to go to. If you're what – if, what if there's a, a you know, a, another school – a few hours away that like them and they're the only coach not tagged on that. Um, you know, that also tells them you have no interest in them. Uh, so why would they yeah. start recruiting your kid? Uh, so there's, there's just yeah. so many things wrong with that. I, I will 100% agree with you. Um, well, least, you know, I made a post the other day.
4: I got a friend of mine at a mid tier college, you know, um, not one of the top five, but they'll, they may play in the world series. And he called me about a kid here and, you know, at, like with high school where I coach at too, and his second or third question was, "What's his parents like?" And then you, you right. remember back in the day, man, that was down the line. Like you know, that was a twentieth question. Like, hey, is his parents all right? Like they now it's like, what are his parents like? And I'm like, well, <laughs> you, and I'm not gonna lie, like just like you, I don't lie. Yeah. to College recruiters, I'm not, you can't do it. Um, and I was like, you know, these parents, just, yes, they don't understand. can yeah, check We're out their social media our presence. <laughs> Yeah, nope. yeah. You know, you can't do it. So I mean, you know, you just sit there and grin and bear it. There's so much going on. It's, I tell people, it's not the kids that are changing, man. It's the parents, and they're causing the coaches to hop out of this thing left and right. And then you're down with a bunch of YouTube coaches that you sit there and like, what video did you watch today? You know, I watch three-hour practices at Recfields. I'm out an hour and a half. You know, 90 minutes. I'm done. <laughs> I watch these coaches flipping tires with eight-year-olds, and I'm just laughing, like, what are y'all doing? You know, that's really going to help the kid. You know, oh, yeah. You know, I'm at the point where I, I mandate time off for my, you know, young travel ball guys. It's, you know, two months between summer and, and spring, six weeks, and then a good two-and-a-half, three months after fall. Yeah. I tell them, you know, I don't want, I don't want to see you lifting to ball. Go play flag football. Go basketball. Go hockey. Got one kid who plays hockey now. Uh, I know you like that, but um, yeah, you know, go you know, do something other than baseball. But you can't; these parents can't help themselves. It's just like shake their heads. Now you know it. Baseball is becoming an athletic sport, and by athletic, I mean athletes are playing, and they. You might have nine guys on a college team and starting or, or eight defensive guys and six on more shortstops in high school. Yeah, they don't care about positions anymore. And then, uh, right. So there's a lot of I could go on and on, man, about the cut peas, you know me. Uh, yeah. You ask me the question, I'm gonna give you the straight up answer. But parents, if you're listening to me, don't videotape your kids. And if you do and you know, I'm high school, let the kids send it to a college recruiter with a note saying, Here's the video of my swings and my forties and me running and Cat kind of coaches, they they hate that.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I I'm glad uh, I'm glad you heard that. I'm glad these parents heard that. I appreciate you uh, calling in and and venting. Please call back sometime. Um, I I really want to get into. I mean, do you do uh, before
4: I let you go? Do you do your game changer? Do you have a a coach do it or a parent? You know, believe it or not, you're gonna like this. I I've taught my wife how to do it. Okay, and, um and so she does it. Um, but I don't mm-hmm. I let the parents watch it during the game, but I don't keep up with stats. I don't give the kids the cat. Um unless they're bad stats, so they know they're not as good as they are. But I know, hold parents, on one second. They don't, yeah.
1: Eugene is I uh, I'm getting a lot of noise from somebody's phone. Um I
4: didn't know if we uh that's yeah, better yeah, now. We we got
0: not really Go ahead, fish. But, uh, yeah, but yeah, my my wife keeps
4: it for my teams. I'll have players do it, some in high school, or assistant coaches do it from high school teams. Uh, there's no argument over it. I don't let players check stats. I don't. You don't question crap I put on there. Um, and I I may tell my wife she'll look at me. I may give her a thumbs up or thumbs down, whether it's a hit or an error. Which of course I'm always like that's an error. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, you know, they better get a hit, <laughs> you know. I hear them all the time. Yeah. My son bat at 350, and I'm like, "Your son's batting 210." You know, it's it's not 350. Uh, you know, yeah. it's like throwing 90. Everyone throws 90 now. Um, you know, shake my head. So yeah, Game Changer is killing it. But I don't give anybody access outside to watch the games. Yeah, no, I I wish I wish people didn't even, you know,
1: I, I wish Game Changer wasn't even a thing. I get it. Um, the couple road trips I've been on, I caught myself watching Game Changer. So I, I guess I'm not against it, but I am so tired of hearing about this stat and this stat. And I'm like, you know, the, the parents don't even get the nuances that go along with it. Um, you know, we, we've got a kid. Well, I won't. I won't get specific, but but you can lead the team in batting average and not be one of the best hitters. Believe it or not. Um, oh yeah. That, and what my favorite is
4: when you look up a team. And high schools teams do this. You look up the team, and there's like six game changers because parents are keeping the game changer. And I'm yep. like, oh yeah, <laughs> man, give me a break. Right, we, I just we laugh. Have... It's yeah. It's we have you can three. Do. It's just
1: you got three of them. Three with our high school team. I I don't know which one is right.
0: So um,
4: yeah. yeah, that's tough.
0: tough. Yeah, well, we need to get.
4: We need to have a. A segment dedicated to this. We could have a good time with this one. We could we'll send a lot of people know, but honestly. <laughs> it
1: is gonna take a lot of people off. But uh That's Hey, right. I appreciate you. We're gonna get to this kid, this guest that is calling in. Thanks Fish for coming on. Yeah here. man.
4: All right brother, we'll talk at you. Eugene, will you go ahead and
2: bring in Marshall here? Yeah, I got you. Uh stay tuned, Marshall. We're gonna queue you up in just a second. We got you uh Wait. Uh, let's see where we get. Um, we got them at the eight four three. All right. Hold on one second, Marshall. We'll bring you in.
1: All right, we welcome in Marshall Whitmer to Charge the Mound Marshall, you there? Earth to Marshall
2: Hey right, Marshall, mute your phone, you're on right. now. Hello
1: Alright, we will see what happens there uh, Marshall, if you can hear me we are uh, struggling to uh, get you that, that's not marshall hey who do we have 843 uh, number ending in uh 7748 who is this with us that, that scared that scared him away I, i'm tempted to give out the whole phone number now um all right we'll have marshall here in a couple minutes um,
2: you know, uh, you guys touched um, on some interesting things. Right? And while while we're waiting on Marshall to call in, um, you know, it's something because it's something internally. I know you personally, and I know you've kind of battled through it as well. Um, with with a son who's who's very good and plays a high caliber position in multiple sports, uh, <laughs> and your son had played quarter quarterback for football um, as well as you know he's a superstar in baseball. I'll say that you don't have to say it. Um, You know, and he's a very good quarterback, Um, and and he has a lot of great size. He has a great arm. He's very cerebral. You know, being the son of a coach, you know, he's kind of got that that extra, that that gym rat, that locker room mentality, you know, to to study the game and get better. Um, You know, and we hear a lot of coaches that say, go play multiple sports. Go play multiple sports. The problem is, um, on the outside looking in, is that, you know, the bleed overs especially, for example, the high-talented, the high, uh, very talented baseball players because such a huge part in their game is that travel ball, is those select teams that play during the summer when you have football practice and in that install in the spring. You know, for example, um, you know, Oceanside, for, you know, we know that team. Uh, football has already, you know, just completed their se- – or almost completed their second week of spring practice. We have dudes that you know are just coming off the baseball field that have missed half of it, and that's where a lot of the install comes in. Um, you know, if they were in the playoffs and and the year that Oceanside went to the state championship game, those guys made it back three days before the spring game, and then you know football was over. Now going into the summer again, last year there were a lot of the guys that made that Canes team who were starters for the football team in the fall. You know, so there's a there's there's a, there's a nasty balance. that that players and coaches and parents have to balance, man, what's the key to that? Because, you know, you got to be there, you know, to practice for the team to be ready to go, quote, unquote, on Friday night. But also, too, you know, the other sport, that's your ticket to the next level. Uh, Nobody's really recruiting in the baseball level from high schools anymore. We get that. It is the nature of the beast, whether you like it or not, just like in basketball, nobody's recruiting from high school basketball teams. It's all the AAU schools or, or teams, it's travel teams. Um, so so, what's the balance with, you know, all right, we've got to go focus on the other sport because everybody says, you know, you should play multiple sports, you should play multiple sports. Part of that is a lot of those guys that say that, in my opinion, are especially the older guys that when baseball ended, football started. When football ended, baseball started. There was no bleed over like there is today where there's months a bleed over so to participate in one you're taken from the other so uh you know we can bring marshall in uh and discuss that when he's uh out the door okay sounds good we'll, put, we'll table that and bring marshall in right now all right man so uh we'll bring marshall in uh, right now
3: in order to play with this record you must tune your bass to ours
5: okay
1: Marshall, do we finally have you there? Yeah, can you guys hear me? No. We can hear you now. We will. Uh, I don't know if you heard. We, we started a discussion. We'll get back into it um, after we to you. Uh, thanks for calling in, Marshall. Uh, yeah, of course. Let's let's start. Let's start uh, with letting people know you you are a senior at Wando, <clears throat> a left-handed pitcher slash center fielder. I guess you're done being a what they call a two-way, right? Once uh, you get to the collegiate level, and um, yeah, you have committed to Georgetown to play baseball. So that's uh, kind of the the backstory on Marshall uh, and the reason I'm having Marshall on tonight. Uh, what what? How'd your last game go? What tell us tell us what happened in your last game?
5: So, like in my last outing or last game last night?
1: The game against Somerville. Okay,
5: um, so last, obviously in the beginning of the series, we had a three-game series against them, When our first game got rained out. Um, then we picked up a good win at home, and then a tough loss away um, after that continued game. And last night, you know, it's, uh, we, have, we faced a tough loss to a really good team. Um, they really they hit the ball extremely well. Um, and it's not really what we would like to see going into playoffs, but I mean it's something that, you know, it's tough to learn things when you're a couple of days out of playoffs, but um, definitely something we're going to look back at as we make our run towards state championship. So what, what seed are you guys going into this? So I believe, I'm not really sure how the playoff system works, but I know Soxy is the one seed. So that probably makes us the four seed considering we got second in our region. Um, okay. In our district. Yeah, the district that we have for playoffs is. I mean, I don't know if you guys have taken a look at it, but it's extremely tough with Somerville, Lexington, and So.
0: And
1: Somerville is supposed to be the the team down south. Uh, You just had a look at them. I mean, are they are they as advertised? They just did they just happen to slip up a few times this year, or um, you know, was that the best team you played against? This
0: year,
5: yes, they are the best team, I believe, we played against, um, kind of by far, to say the least. I mean, baseball is baseball when it comes down to it. Like the first game we had that wasn't rained out, and we, we had a big win at home, and in that game, we were the better team. But in the other two games, obviously, they were the better team. They beat us. But they are as advertised. They've got some super good hitters, and that at, especially at the beginning of their lineup, and they've got uh, some really good arms as well. But um, I mean, like I said, it's high school baseball; everybody's beatable.
1: Right. Well, I think when you say high school baseball, everybody's beatable. It all comes down to pitching. Let, you know, let's let's not kid ourselves. Pitching, defense, base running, then hitting; those are the order of importance when you
5: you know, win baseball
1: games. And in high school, it's even from what I've seen in the last few years, it's even more so. Um, you at Wando, you guys got two studs anchoring you, you know, you being one of them. I'll, I'll, I'll talk for you. Um, you being the left-handed stud, and then you've got Reed Garris, the right-handed stud. Um, how,
5: how have you guys not won every game
1: with, with you two pitching?
5: Be honest. <laughs> No, I mean, I will be honest. Kind of like what you said, um, like the four things, pitching, base running, and fielding. uh, In the games that we've lost that me and Rita pitched, and, I mean, it's time to discount any of our other pitchers. All our pitchers are great. Um, Our fielding and our base running just haven't and I guess hitting, even though that's last, just haven't been the best. I mean, that's why we've lost eight or nine games this year is because of, like, the little things, like making a play when it needs to be made, things like that, which is, are things you can learn from and things you have to execute in the playoffs. But, um, I mean, it would be a dream to be undefeated, but in baseball, obviously, it's not very obtainable.
0: Yeah,
1: I, I agree. I mean, especially you go up against, you know, the Aiden Hunters and the, the pitchers, the other pitchers that, you know, I know Oceanside ran up against Danny Brooks, uh, you're gonna run into pitchers, and if the if you guys have a good day you're you're not gonna get a hit. I know I saw several of your lines, and i, I hope you know some of them, but I saw multiple teen strikeout games from you. What's different you know i, I saw is fifteen sixteen uh, I know I saw a fifteen strikeout game um that's tough to do even if the, the even if it's two a like in the and the hitter's just standing there not swinging. Um, what is different this year with you compared to last year? What, what was – I mean, when you look at your stats right now, you're, you're pretty much a runaway for whatever awards there might be for a pitcher of the year um, in that area. Um,
2: what's the difference? Um,
5: I think in the last year, um, the people I've trained with, whether it's Mike Williams, obviously based at Myrtle Beach, I really got into working with him. And during the summer before I got committed to Georgetown, um, and kind of just like kind of, I, I kind of relied on myself as well when I came down to like trying to better my pitches. I kind of I developed more of a like a slur rather than like a knuckle curveball. Obviously, I think my velocity in last year jumped tremendously um, with the movement on my fastball. I kind of throw it's a it's a two team, but it has. It's almost like the strikeouts are kind of inevitable whenever I get on the mound and it kinda of happens. But um in the last year my definitely just gotten I guess it's time to um, strike more people out. Okay. So, um,
1: uh it's my understanding velocity wise, not but, you know, six, eight months ago we were popping out at eighty four and now I'm um, here in eighty nine are coming across the radar gun.
5: Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. On.
1: yeah, so you're, is that, Hey, is that, <laughs> I got to ask, you, is that your mom or your little brother making all the noise in the background or is this, or is, do I need to blame Eugene? No, I mean, I, I hear it
5: through the phone. I don't think it's me. I don't know though. Okay. <laughs> so
1: we know who to blame.
5: Um,
1: no. So, so you, you credit Mike Williams, you mentioned up in Myrtle beach. What were what were some of the you know training things that he changed with you? It was it was it just uh, you, you know what 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 was it
5: physically? So physically, um, obviously my first start working with him, I was in season, so we didn't do a lot of program things. Um, but as um. As we spent more time together, kind of like he was my coach for a long period of time, we got into a program, helped me build a lot of arm strength, a lot. And we would test, like I got my pull down down to my five ounce pull down to 97, and then from there we worked it back to the mound because my velo on the mound was kind of lacking. Then we kind of worked it back to the mound, fixed some mechanical things, um, and also like workout programs, things like that that that, that helped me get stronger. Gain, I gained a lot of weight too. So I think all those things really contributed to my velocity, not all of it. Okay. Well, good.
1: Um, let's let's kind of rewind. Uh, just if you could take us through, I I know your recruiting process, but uh, but I would like you to uh, talk to a kid that is a junior going through what you went through as a junior. I know COVID was kind of unique, um, but just the anxiety of it all. And, you know, what you went through and, and the pressure that you were facing, the pressure you put on yourself. Um, you know, is there anything you would go back to differently? Tell yourself. Um, and, and just for those of you that are listening and don't know, uh, Marshall committed to Georgetown his senior year. Uh, what, was that November, Marshall? I committed in October, signed in November. October. So, so in, in today's world, pretty late. It used to be completely normal. Now it's pretty late. Um, so take us, take us through the anxiety and just a, the process and if you would do anything different, if you could give yourself advice.
5: Well, with COVID aside, it was like, obviously COVID is going to add a lot of stress. Um, I mean, all I could say to people who are junior sophomore, I mean, sophomores even these days. It's just you just got to trust the process and understand that your, you, I guess, your recruitment process isn't going to look the same as everybody else. I mean, not all of us can be kids that are 97 when they're 16 years old and can commit to a big school like that. So, I mean, if it seems slow just and you really want to do it and you keep working hard and, you, and you're you playing summer ball and you're doing all the things that you need to be doing, then I would just trust the process, keep your head up, and just keep going because eventually – an opportunity, is going to, um, an opportunity is going to find you and you're going to be able to commit somewhere. So that's what I would say well, to so, myself. This is such a, a great thing for you and for Georgetown. And,
1: and, you know, Edwin there at Georgetown, your head coach, your, I guess your head coach next year, um, you know, he thought he was getting an 83 to 85 mile an hour lefty. It looks like now he's going to be getting an 88 to 90 mile an hour lefty. Um, I'd say – I'd say you went from trying to just win innings to now you're probably going to be trying to win a starting job um, as a freshman. Uh, do you Have you talked to Edwin? Have you Does he know where you are um, physically? Does he know the bump in velocity? Um, have you guys had any talks? Um, do you know anything
5: about, you know, in, where you're going in? So, I mean, I, as of today, I don't know where I'm going to be when it, co- it comes to rotation, bullpen, et cetera. Um, but I've talked to Coach Thompson. I've talked to Coach Capen, uh, George Capen. He's the pitching coach there. Um, He's a great guy, and I like him a lot. They've kind of kept up. I mean, through Twitter, um, it's been kind of easy for them to keep up just by looking at social media and stuff, and they've noticed. They've reached out to me, and they've said, you know, keep going, keep working hard, and I'm really excited because, I mean, it's almost like when I first committed, And obviously today, it's like I'm two completely different pitchers. And I feel extremely confident in my abilities right now, um, especially when it gets to college, that I'll be able to try and win a starting spot. And that's my goal. I want to try and be one of those three or four starters for the rotation um, as a freshman, which I think is obtainable at this point. So I'm very excited. Well, I
1: just remember the day when you were hitting about 86, and you're like, I'm going to hit 90. I'm gonna hit 90, and I, I'll be honest, I didn't think you were, and I and now I, I I believe you, man. I believe in you. I now we're gonna have to go past that. We're gonna we're gonna have to say I'm gonna not only hit 90, um, but I'll be pitching at 92 by my sophomore year, something like that. So let's let's uh, as soon as you get to 90, let's do that really quickly, please, and then uh, we'll set another goal after that. Is that all right? Yeah, sounds great. <laughs> um so uh I know Eugene uh has a kid that I believe scored a perfect 1600 on his AC or uh, SAT and he has been texting me dying to ask you questions about the academics at Georgetown you know you know me all I care about is baseball and uh the academics is leverage uh hopefully my son's not listening but uh (laughs) Eugene, go ahead. You, th- you go ahead on your little academic spree here. <laughs>
2: yeah, man. It, it wasn't a perfect 1600, but he did score perfectly in the math a couple times. Um, but, you know, Georgetown is so funny. When I saw you were committed to Georgetown, I texted my buddy uh, Reed's dad, Brian Garrison and I said, man, how cool is that? That, w- that was my dream school um, coming out of uh, high school and in college again because I wanted to go there for law school. I mean, it's such a great academic institution, it, you know. And, and most people don't know that, but they actually have, you know, because they've known Georgetown basketball all the way back to the Patrick U.N. days before you were born, and probably Allen Iverson was there. And he came out in '96, the same year I graduated. But you know, it's just it's a mainstay in academics, and it's really really hard to get into. Um, you know, so you know, obviously you have the academic stuff to get into there and the athletic ability, but, uh, you know, to so talk to us a little bit about that school, you know, what, what sold you as far as, uh, you know, obviously, you know, a coach there that believed in you and that's real big as an athlete, You've got to have a coach believe in you, give that, give you that opportunity. But what else was it, you know, the total package that said, oh, this is where I'm going. This is where I want to be in the next three, four years.
5: Well, I mean, even as a freshman, when I first kind of made that commitment to want to like, play baseball and, you know, trying to, that commitment to like the grind, that like working hard, things like that, um, I my me and my parents, we always thought like I need to go to a school that is going like, to help me athletically and academically. And obviously I knew Georgetown was an amazing um, academic school. My mom has talking to me about it. It was one of the places that I was most likely going to apply to even if I weren't going to play college baseball anywhere, if I wasn't going to commit anywhere. Um, and when the opportunity came and I knew that my grades checked out and everything, um, I mean, it was, it was a no brainer. I think any kid who's high academic needs to check out the school. It's amazing. The campus is amazing. And the thing that I want to major in, which I'm going to major in a cellular biology, which is one of the things that I'm pretty passionate about when it comes to school. Um, it's a great gateway like an undergrad degree from georgetown can get you into a ton of medical schools, a ton of graduate schools and land you a pretty good job too so yeah
2: that that was my next next question when you told me what you plan to major in was uh were you interested that in, you know if that mlb career doesn't doesn't uh come to fruition and we won't call it, we won't claim that we're going to claim that you're going to get that mlb career or at least that opportunity, but, you know, uh, I'm guessing a medical school or something like that, you know, is uh, maybe an interest of yours or so, or a goal, you know, to some end. Uh, do you have some type of interest in that? You know, a lot of people that are athletes, you know, they, they want to say something close to it. You know, I've, we've had – we interview a lot of athletes on the show on Southern Sports Central, and those that do, you know, have an interest in medical school, a lot of them are, hey, you know, i do sports orthopedics or I want to do this or that. Have you have – you, uh, at least thought about that in some instances and said, you know, well, maybe if, you know, when the ML, when the balls uh, are over and the glove is kind of put on the shelf, um, do you have a certain interest in mind? Yeah.
5: Yes, I do. Um, I do want to go to medical school. That is one of my goals. I've kind of decided that in the past couple of months. Um, and I don't really, I I haven't really ever had an interest in kind of folks on like sports science and things like that. I kind of want to get into like cardiovascular health uh, things to do with, like, the heart. Um, I've been thinking about maybe, like, trying to be a perfusionist, which is the person who monitors the heart and lung machine during surgeries, which, I mean, who knows if that will fall through. But um,
2: Hey, man. But, yeah, it, you, you got to claim that stuff. I'll tell you, there's a kid that I train. I, I train kickers uh, on the football field, and uh, there's a freshman over at BE, and he is super, super talented. His name is Kevin Craig. His dad is Dr. Craig, and he actually – grew up here, went to B E. Uh he played soccer at App State and then got into medical school and did his residency at Ohio State. Uh he is now like the guru heart transplant surgeon. If you watch the Super Bowl this year, uh they did an MUSC commercial during the Super Bowl and that was him. So uh you know, you you can you can get there. It's not out of it's not out of realms, you know, heart surgeons and, and transplants and cardiovascular guys aren't some, you know, Guys that come out of MIT or anything else, and besides, they're going to Georgetown, man. That's right up there with the Ivy League, anyway. But, um, you know, going back to baseball, so you've had this career. Your career's not over. You still got some. You still got some uh, games left. Obviously, state title is within the grasp. Um, you know, what's what's some things? Uh, let's take it back to your high school career here at Wando and playing for Coach Dirk. I know he's been there for a while. I've known Coach Dirk for probably seven, eight years. Uh, give us your uh your your highlight moment, man. What's that one moment that uh if you said, man, that was it? That that's my favorite moment playing this game, you know, at the high school level?
0: Uh,
1: so it's actually
5: happened uh pretty recently. So for me personally, um Well, I mean, I guess team moments that really mattered to me. Obviously, last year we won both the Shipyard and CIT tournament up in Waccamaw. So both those tournaments was amazing. Obviously, the season got canceled with COVID, which stunk because I thought our team was going to win the state championship, no problem, with the season we were having. Um, But personally, my favorite moment was being with Wando Baseball. Um, I threw – had three complete games in a row against – Berkeley, James Island and Stratford. In that third one against Stratford, my I had fifteen strikeouts, one hitter. And uh it was amazing. It was a great feeling. Um it was a really important um region win. It actually clinched us the playoffs, which was it felt even better. But um yeah, that's probably the best moment I've had. I know a lot of guys uh moments just like that. And Reed has had a lot of great games here that he could probably about but yeah that's definitely my moment well i i've well, got there. a
0: question
5: then no, go ahead.
1: pin you down on two more questions then um number one marshall and I, I didn't i didn't warn marshall about any of these these questions uh number one if you could give dirk you know he's not listening he has no idea about this show if you could give Dirk one bit of advice to help you guys win the state championship this year, what would it be?
5: Oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> I promise you <laughs> not this <with> <laughs> man. No, I know. Um, you, you can plead the fifth if you want to be a wimp.
5: You know, just give me the ball, uh, coach. I- I just think that the main thing that we gotta focus on this, I guess, for state playoff or for playoffs, is just kind of honing in on like our approach at the plate. I think that if Coach, I think before our games on Saturday and Monday, if we just really focus on our approach at the plate and kind of like our mentality while we're hitting, then we can definitely pull out. We can probably sweep through district lower state and i think we could win state pretty easily if we just have really folks to approach plate i think sometimes our team gets kind of like carried away with ourselves and we sometimes our hitters can act like as, as individuals which everybody's a victim for that um but i think if we just hit as a team i think that in many games this year we've shown especially that first game against summerville when we faced aiden hunter who's a um, who's a great pitcher, great guy too. Um, you know, he put up two runs in the first three innings off a guy like Hunter. You don't really, you don't really see that too much. Um, but we just had a great team approach, and I mean, those are the games you need to play. So that's my that's my only advice.
1: Very very smart to totally dodge the question and then tell your team what to do, uh, so that you guys can. Uh, you're you're already well schooled beyond your years. The, the, um, the question I really would want to get, and I, I should have given you a heads up, but I didn't, want, I didn't want any anxiety. I know you and I have talked a lot about anxiety in the past, and is, is your faith. And I hope you feel open enough because we should all feel open enough and proud enough to talk about our faith and what our faith has done. And, and how, how has your faith helped you through this process of anxiety, um, and, and how do you see faith playing a
5: role in the future? Well, kind of what I have always thought about, and it comes from my mom, it comes from my own thinking, but, you know, God has a plan, I think, for everybody, and I think that sometimes people, they try not to listen to that plan, they try to make their own plan, but, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's out of your control. you just got to, you just got to do what you've got to do, and, you know, you've got to trust the process, and everything's going fi- to, everything's going to figure itself out. I mean, whether it's college baseball or your job or college or whatever it is, everything's going to figure, figure itself out, and that's all I used to think about um, during the summer last year, during the fall, is that, I mean, everything's stressful, but, you know, God has a plan for everybody. That's what I kind of live by.
1: Great. Yeah,
5: good message for everyone. And, and I know
1: how how often, and you don't have to answer, but how often do you turn and pray and you know, is is that a daily thing or or just kind of uh,
4: you know here and there? Oh,
5: I I pray daily, multiple times per day. Um, you know, I pray before every game, after every game, just doing you know thanking God for the things that He gives me, things like that. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I I don't know if you saw, did you see my man crush signed with Jacksonville? So I think I'm a Jag. I'm a Jags fan now. Uh, Mayor hey, Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow, the greatest minor league baseball player ever. Um, <laughs> I not, can agree not with not that. So, not so good at the minor league. Not so good at baseball, but but a great man. And I hope he's a good good enough tight end to make the team, because I'd love him to to shove it up some of these people. You know what? Um, especially the the really smart people that are comparing this to Colin Kaepernick. And, oh, oh, I can't believe Tim Tebow got a chance, but Colin Kaepernick didn't, which is absolutely ignorant and ludicrous uh, to even
6: make that comparison.
1: Um, Sorry, I don't don't, don't want to get off on another tangent. But, um, uh, Eugene, you got anything
2: else for Marshall before we let him get back to
1: his house?
2: Yeah, I tell you I well, I got a text uh, just now. I know both of our phones are blowing up, uh Tori, but I got a text from somebody, uh, another player on Wando's team that said, uh, forget ninety Whitmer's gonna be the next president. <laughs> so uh you, you got fans out there <laughs> You got some fans out there, Whitmer. Uh someone said you should run for president one day. I know that he's guilty well, it's I mean, better than what we got. Uh, so Sometimes I'm in
0: I'm in. Um <laughs>
1: i tell you what, Marshall, you did a heck of a job tonight, for real. Um, Very well spoken. You're obviously going to fit in really well at Georgetown, better than I would, um, even though I'd be their three-hole hitter, even at 45 years old. So, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, we'll have you on again. Good luck in the playoffs. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. That was Marshall Whitmer, left-handed pitcher from Wando High in Mount Pleasant area, Charleston. Uh thanks for having him on. I, I know Eugene I, I think I'm in the same boat. I'm getting all these people uh texting me and saying do, you know, do this and I'd like to encourage people to call in um and and bring these things up. Um Uh I will I, I did have a topic and and they're they're afraid to call in, but uh the the multiple sports. I want to I want to go there really quickly before we get back to what you challenged me with beforehand because it's so, you know sort of the same thing. Um, you had mentioned earlier how do you juggle, you know, like baseball and football. And to be quite honest, um, you know, using my son, I, I think it's fair enough to talk about my own son. So I can um, I'm not talking about anybody else's kid. Um, but my son obviously caught, he was uh, played third, outfield, whatever, on, in baseball. Um, he was Oceanside's uh, JV starting quarterback in ninth grade. But as I said earlier in the show, hopefully everyone understands, that no one cares about JV. So, yes, I was very proud of my son. I was glad he was the quarterback. I was glad they won every game by 70 points. But it's JV who cares. So that's why no one ever saw any posts about that, um, but it was quite frankly it was just too much. Um, it, it was just too much, and I think um, that's why it's different nowadays than it was when when we were in high school. We had three distinct seasons: like you had football season, basketball season, baseball season. I know I don't I don't mean to only use the major sports, but. Um, that, that's what we had Now, I mean, heck My son goes to Oceanside we talked about that That is supposed to be an athletic school Even at Oceanside And I hope some of the Oceanside uh, administration Is listening Even at Oceanside They make it so impossible So difficult To play multiple sports That the kids just end up quitting And, and deciding, hey, I'll just play one sport And it, it does It pains me um, it pains me because my son only plays one sport, and, and my whole life I will always play. There's that noise again, uh, Eugene. I, I don't know if you can hear that, but um, uh, sorry about the technical difficulties tonight. But um, and so, I, you know, as I think the adults have made the, their sport the most important sport. So the coach or the administration has made these sports so important that you have to play it year-round or you're going to get passed up or you're going to get punished. I mean, there, there was a kid that didn't make the varsity baseball team this year because the, he was the starting point guard on our basketball team, and so he couldn't come to the tryouts or the workouts for baseball before basketball season was over. That, to me, that's unacceptable. That's, that's not how you get the best athletes. Um, so that kid had to start the year on JV. Um, you know, and work his way up to, to some varsity time. So, um, you know, I, I'm that I'm beyond frustrated with the way the world is, um, as far as the multi sport athletes, because it's, I'm the one that wanted my son to do that. And he just
2: can't, he physically can't
1: when you have eight hour, nine hour football practices, it's really hard to get up and do something else. Um, after you've been in the summer heat for eight hours, um, You know, and then just the the wear and tear on the body, it just became too much. So, um, I guess I I just wish that as much as I have a passion for sports, for baseball, all these, uh, football, hockey, um, I just wish that these kids had seasons and opportunities to play them all. Because, heck, another generation from now, I don't even know that kids will ever play multiple sports, even when they're very young. I think they're going to specialize right away, which is, is sad. Um,
0: yeah, but I agree
1: with you. That um, you know, that's kind of that's kind of my rant, I guess. Um, is that I am all for it, and I still couldn't do it. So I can't imagine these kids that are borderline, you know, trying to play two sports, trying to figure out which sport is their sport. You know, luckily. My son absolutely loves not so much football. So it was much easier to choose and get behind it. Boy, am I like so glad that he chose baseball instead of football. But I would have swallowed it and, and I'm no dummy. Football scholarships are 100% in college. Uh, baseball is not.
5: So I would have been
1: okay with football, but um, it, it's just too hard for these kids. And, and I don't know if you've seen that. With the kids you've worked with, but I I just don't know. I mean, you're you're keeping football kicking cool. you around to your guys, and
6: I know
2: yeah, and a I, lot I of us guys have have a, a heart, soccer. A heart to heart with the kid's um, mom and dad uh, one day this week, they called me and they were frustrated um, because uh, the kid is a kicker on a low country team, and I don't want to say the team, um, but he also plays soccer at a high level. And, you know, they have coaches reaching out about soccer, which soccer is just like baseball. You know, not many kids go to that big-time school on a full ride or even get money at all. And, um, you know, but, but he was, he's very talented. He has the frame for kicking. He's six foot five, long legs if I can get the technique on this young man, man, a lot of schools are going to take notice. Because if you look at a lot of the NFL punters, uh, they are those 6'4", 6'5", long frame, long leg, you know, leg speed guys. But I ran into that even at Oceanside with my kicker that scored a ton of points. And, um, you know, just uh, it was tough because he would show up at practice, at football practice on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But he would leave practice about – 45 minutes early and lead for soccer practice. Well, then come Friday night, you know, sometimes it felt like his legs were dead. And we needed him for kickoff. We needed him for field goal. We needed him for extra point. And, you know, it, you could definitely tell, or he'd get hit in practice or something on the hip or, or in the legs and, and things like that. Or, you know, and, and he would battle through. I got to give Chris credit. He battled through that. But, you know, it just seems like there were there were dead leg times. But And soccer is much like baseball. Now, and it flips when they get to college because you can only do one or the other because soccer is a fall sport. But in South Carolina, it's a spring sport, so what do they do in the fall? That's when their tribal ball ball teams are playing. And, and, you know, it came to the point where the mom and dad were on the phone. They had me on the phone for about an hour, and they were like, look, you know, what's up, you know, what do we need to do? Because I said, you know, the the hardest thing you're going to have to decide is if he wants to play football, if he's going to be that next-level guy, because he was on the second team, or honorable mention, all low country team as a kicker. He actually won a game this year for his high school by kicking a field goal that won the game. I said, you know, and he was a sophomore. And I said, you know, but if he's going to do that, my biggest thing is during football season, if he's leaving practice and going to run around a soccer field for two hours, when it's time to put on and put on the show on Friday night, you know, is he going to have dead legs? Because then, you know, his kickoffs, and that's what colleges are looking at now, field goal dads and kickers, if you know, much like baseball, if they're looking at this and, you know, my kid can kick, whatever. Colleges do not care if you can hit a 50-yard field goal. 50 is the old 40. Everybody can do it in high school. I got one at Oceanside that can hit a 60-yard field goal. I got a freshman that hit a 55 on record, on video. Um, They're looking for the long kickoffs. They want those out the back of the end zone through the upright kickoffs. That's what colleges are looking for. That Clemson's going to scholarship with 2022. They got eight guys coming in. They got four kickoffs, and that's what's going to get the scholarship. They want guys who can kick it deep. If your legs are dead, you're not going to be able to get that extra six, seven yards to get it out the back of the end zone. And and, it's a challenge with that, especially with seasons that bleed over with the travel ball. And so I can definitely understand that, and I see it, you know, with the guys I coach. Yeah, we we you know those coaches have got to do a better job. I
1: know they all want to win. They have to win, and I've had multiple high school coaches tell me that. So why wouldn't you want the best athletes on your team, even if they're not going to be there some of the time? Um, That said, let me let me jump. We got a couple callers here. Uh, Your buddy, I think uh, I had to look up the phone number uh, because I couldn't figure out. Yeah, he's on the line. He he's on the line. Your old buddy's on the line. Let's let's. Let's go ahead and bring in uh, – we'll bring in Brian Garris here, Reed Garris' dad, uh, the other stud pitcher I was talking about at Wando. Uh Go ahead, uh, Brian, we got you.
3: I, I just wanted to say you all are doing a great job to keep it going. Stop it. Stop it. You know, Tori only,
2: only gives love to Reed, man, but you know Bam Bam's my favorite.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's
1: got – he'll have his time next year. All right, let's focus on Reed and Marshall here.
3: <laughs> but, Brian, okay,
1: you can answer the question that I asked Marshall, that Marshall dodged. What is what is the one thing missing? Uh, uh, is there one thing that can help Wando win this thing? Or, do you, or would you rather plead the fifth as well?
3: <laughs> <clears throat> Marshall actually – actually, Marshall answered that question very well, in my opinion. Um. here we the go guys, the guys gotta have a good a good approach when they come to the plate but you also have to oh, put okay. pieces of the puzzle on the field at yeah. the right time together yeah well i wish i could see them uh
1: ccsd or i guess i guess it wasn't was it ccsd who who made the stupid rule that like only parents can go and two tickets and draw circles and all that stuff I wish I
3: could truthfully answer that question and I dug into it and I still can't answer that question. Okay. I do know, I do know what, I do know that what they're doing to these kids physically, mentally along these lines is just really uncalled for and unnecessary, but that's also my opinion. Right. Right. Well,
1: I, I just know I'm looking at, I know your kids, you know, at Wando. I haven't seen them because of the stupid rules. I'm not allowed to come watch the game. Um, but when when you have Reed and, then, and now Marshall, I mean, Reed's always – like last year Reed was 90, you know, plus. So we had that. You didn't have a lefty up there. You know, you had a bunch of lefties throwing 80 last year. Now you got a lefty throwing 86 to 89, you know, like with the two of them. And then I know you've got Thayer Tavermina, the ninth grader, that brings it pretty good too. I just don't get it. I, I, am I missing something? I know I'm just watching on Game Changer, but how how are Reed and Marshall not going five to six or hopefully seven? And you know, and Thayer or someone else. I know you got Nastro there, the lefty. Um,
3: you
5: know,
1: how how is that just not the recipe, or it just has it not looked worked that easily?
3: I think it's a little bit of both of that. But I, I agree with you. You would. There's so many kids on that bench that can pitch. That when you. You gotta let your you gotta let your horses go, and even when they're doing good, if you still can let them go, they gotta go. Um right. But then again, you gotta know you gotta know when to bring the other ones in too. But right.
1: I think I think you mentioned, you touched on, I don't know if you meant to, but it, it's another thing. I've told all these coaches, and I'll tell them to their face, you take too many players on the teams. I mean, it starts at, at 10U, 11U, when you've got 15 players on the team. And now these high school teams, I mean, I know Oceanside had 22. That's insane. And I, I'm sure Wando's probably more than that. Um, you're going to have ticked off people. Nobody's going to – like there's players that – that don't deserve at-bats or innings pitched. They don't deserve it. They should have been cut. Well, now you bring them in, and now they get one inning. Well, all that does is tick off the middle-of-the-road guys that should have made the team but should be the bench players. Now their one or two innings is, is fought with, oh, we got to give this guy. Well, he does, he does a good job. He's such a good kid. Like, no, I'm sorry. A good kid doesn't get you at-bats or, or innings. Good baseball players does. And, and now I, I'm not saying all things being equal, then obviously I picked a good kid. But um, I just think in general, these these coaches take too many, pe- too many people. And I can tell you at the beginning of the year, if you're going to have drama or not by the, the size of your roster, quite frankly.
3: You know, I, I agree with you. And I think some of that issue will be resolved with the introduction of another high school in Mount Pleasant. That's been a right. huge problem, in my opinion, over the past ten or fifteen years. You just got so many talented kids, and you only got so many spots, and you don't want to let them all go. Right, uh, that's a fine—that's a, fine, a, that, a, fine, a fine line to to walk, to be quite honest. Yeah, it
1: is and, tough, and and I I said that when Wanda was the only
3: school in town. Um,
1: it made no sense to me why you don't have three teams. Um, somebody, buddy of mine, just texted me that earlier too. He's like, why doesn't Wando have a C team or you know something else? Um, and I, I would agree that give it a lot more opportunities and it takes some of those you know few kids on the bottom and leave them where they probably should be playing on JV or you know below. So um, you know I, I don't know. I, I just think that's one of the many problems with with playing time and and the whole, you know, uh, drama of high
3: school baseball. So, we've
1: got uh, – you got anything else for us, Brian? We got another caller waiting if you've uh, – I'm good. Y'all
3: have a good one. All right. I did, I did. Thanks for I, calling, I t- man. I, I appreciate a Tim, it. I got some Tim Tebow Broncos jersey for you. Yeah, dude, he was the man on the Broncos.
1: People don't know how many games <laughs> he came from behind and won as a terrible quarterback. he's just a, He's a winner, man. That's all there is to it. He's a winner. That's right. So all right, thanks you for calling in, Brian. Eugene. I appreciate it. We will uh let Brian go there. Eugene, I'm trying to do these buttons here if I screwed up, but I'm gonna I'm gonna bring in uh this next caller. I think I did it right. Uh Ricky, you got you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can I hear you? can you hear me? I can hear you now. We got Ricky, he's a uh a golf pro calling in to the baseball show. What do you got, Ricky? Hello? Can you hear me? Hello, Eugene. Can you help?
2: Yeah, we can hear him.
6: Yeah, I hear you. I here. I am.
2: All right.
1: Uh, can you hear me now?
6: Yeah, I got you, Eugene. All right. What
1: do you, What do you got? What do you got on your mind here, Ricky?
6: Are you breaking up? Can you hear me, Tori? I can hear you. Go ahead yeah I was just gonna add, i was just gonna comment in on um kids playing multiple sports and travel sports and stuff like that um can you hear me? yes yeah, we got you okay i you know i ha i had the director of instruction out at Bulls bay and I put you know h- over a hundred kids in in college golf and and it gets specialized so quickly because all these travel programs whether it, or these big programs like AJGA and golf or all the travel and basketball. And that's where all the money is. So everybody's chasing after the, either the scholarship dollars or the the travel ball teams or after that money. And so they specialize these kids so early. And I I preach it all the time. Like you guys do, you know, you need to play multiple sports. The sport will pick you and you'll become a better, you'll become better athlete at that sport and a better player and a better competitive at whatever sport chooses you or you, or you, or you choose,
2: but it's just not something uh, I can hear you guys. Yeah, and, right. and I agree with that. You know, especially with the with the money factor. You know, and, and the money tied in. You know, you brought up basketball and AU. You know, when they're getting sponsorship and these teams are getting sponsors, uh, what's been in the news lately is certainly a, a guy that grew up in South Carolina, is Zion Williams, and his stepdad was getting you know fifty and sixty and seventy five thousand dollars. The quote unquote coach an Adidas team, um, but then you know Adidas kind of expected, you know uh, Zion to go to Kansas or Duke. Obviously, he chose Duke, um, so that, you know or Nike or whatever it was. Um, but you know, and, and you see that uh, already trickling down to the high school level, and then of course at the high school level and, and the AU teams, it trickles down to the middle school level, and you know, mm-hmm. I, it's, and, and people don't want to turn away from the money. And then, of course, if you're a superstar in the making, like a Zion, or or there was a kid that grew up in Columbia, Seventh Woods, who had his own YouTube channel in seventh grade with all his slam dunks, Mm -hmm. ended up signing with UNC Mm -hmm. Chapel Hill. Uh, Now he's at South Carolina as a transfer, but, you know, going back, he had -hmm. had his own YouTube channel uh, sponsored by Nike as a seventh grader, and, you know, so – there was no chance he was going to play any other sport. And, and a lot of coaches exactly. are like, well, you know, you might get injured playing football. So we need to keep you focused in and just train on basketball. And so I can, I agree with that. When money's involved, uh, you know, money wins the day. And no matter what you're in, whether it's uh, athletics, uh, politics, or, or business.
0: Mm-hmm.
6: And another, another thing that's going on too is that the high schools are losing a lot of good coaches in all sports. Because they're they're not getting paid, and they can make so much more money going to play coach travel sports, um, Boom. or create. You know, so we're losing a lot of bit. The high schools, unfortunately, and middle schools are losing a lot of what what might be. I'm not going to say they are. Might be considered or are better, better coaches. Um, so it's it's it all goes back to where the money's getting funneled. And then the parents are putting so much money into, into the children, whatever sport it is, and as they go through the ranks, they feel like they're missing something if their kid doesn't show up to that tournament that they that they, were, that they achieved to get to that tournament or that team. If they miss any one little thing, one inning, one, one tournament in golf, one game in soccer, it's like, oh, now my kid's frowned upon or the coach is not going to recruit him now, all the above. So they try to specialize them so early and then before long, the kids get burnt out and now they don't want to play anything. Right. Right. Well, I'm, I'm with you. Can, can you hear me now,
1: Ricky? Uh Uh-oh,
2: maybe I'm the problem. I I, I can hear you, Tori, and I can hear Ricky, but, um, okay.
6: And
2: and we agree with that.
6: and, And I think the parents drive the bus too much too. And I think, I think my ta- my daughter played played college soccer and she played through
0: all the games. And my son's a
6: pretty decent athlete at three sports now, and he he chose his third sport to keep striving on, and he chose that. That's what he loved. Eugene, yeah. Let's,
1: and, uh, I know we're kind of losing Ricky here, but yeah, Ricky's kid. He like he was just saying, you know, Briggs uh, is a freshman at Oceanside and. Um, you know it's my understanding i don't want to put words in his mouth or anything, but um his phone's kind of chopping up uh but you know Briggs decided to not play basketball um and you know decided just to focus on baseball again it's just it's just too hard, even at a school that is supposed to be designed you know for athletes uh it's still you know very tough for these kids to to juggle to Sports at, at a at, even at a school that's supposed to be, you know, geared for that. So I know Briggs chose to to only focus on baseball at the age of fifteen, um, and to me that's painful to hear, but I totally get it. I mean, I just went through it with my sixteen-year-old. So unfortunately, I think that's just the way it's going to be, and I don't I don't see it going back um, unless money changes because that that it's a it's all about the money,
2: and I yeah, know it, it, you know. It does. And, and while you're on the phone, Ricky, something I wanted to bring up with you, I'm not sure if you've uh, caught wind of it. Uh, you know, when uh, Rich and I were on the phone the other night a couple of weeks ago with, a, with one of the high school coaches in football, who's also uh, a pretty important figure within the high school association, uh, coaches association, is this new straight line recruiting. And uh, Tori mm-hmm. and I talked about it on the show because that's not going to work in basketball. It's not going to work in right. baseball. And, and, and you, might can be able to talk about it in your sport and what they're trying to push for in South Carolina is the Texas model. And uh, if you're not familiar with it, just real quick, is no recruiting can occur from any outside trainer, coach, travel team, et cetera. All recruiting in the state of South Carolina has to come through a high school coach. Now, I know you work with high school uh, players and you coach. You know, kind of give us that thoughts on that because maybe your sport's a little bit different, uh, and so you can kind of bring us up to speed with how that might affect your sport. Can, can you guys hear me? Yes, yeah. yes, sir.
6: Yeah. Well, with my sport, the way it works is, I'm in sport group, and I only represent my players. And there's all these all these people trying to make all these livings having these recruiting services, and they're basically saying, "Hey, Tori." uh, give me $1,500 to $7,000 to say good things about tagger, but I've never met tagger. I've never seen him play, but I got all these contacts and I'm going to call. I think that's utterly ridiculous. I know we're
2: losing him again. Yeah. He must be out at the, uh, or or something, man. I know once you get out past that line and all the phone drops, uh, my boss lives out there, and uh, it's it's always iffy on the phone signal, depending on the wind. And, of course, we're having some what bad storms in the area. But and what they're everything about it, then I think it's useless.
6: There he comes back. All right. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: we're going uh, to – we go ahead and drop him right there. Or I don't know if he did drop, but, um, yeah, we've had enough. I apologize, everyone, for the technical stuff tonight. Uh, we'll We'll get better as we go here. Um, we got to wrap things up here pretty soon anyway, though, Eugene. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, going back to to what Ricky was saying is, uh, I guess he's just saying in, in golf, um, he he is helping the people. But those people are paying him, you know, for lessons. And, and he's obviously got the connections, you know, like I do in the baseball world and sure. the golf world. and. Um, a guy like that, it makes sense. It makes sense for a Ricky or a Tory to make phone calls for, um, for kids. And, the, you know, what I, what I do want to make sure people, people know is these high school coaches do not get paid enough to get your kid into college. I understand the frustration. I understand you think that the, your high school coach okay. should help your kid. I deal with it all the time. That would be great, but they are not getting paid enough money to help your kids, and unfortunately, they don't. They they just only care about a few of them enough to reach out. and And in their defense, a lot of these coaches don't have connections. Um, they they might have two or three local connections, but they don't have the connections to to help you um, get placed in a good fit. So it's not their fault. They don't make enough money, and um, they they. They don't want to help, and I understand it. I I wouldn't be spending hours and hours uh, trying to get the kids recruited if I was getting paid ten grand.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's I, exactly I'll right. say this. I'll say this, guys, because y'all know what I do for football um, and and running the recruiting operations and everything else. I spend at least thirty five to forty five hours a week right now, probably more because we're gearing up for college football camps, and uh, that's not paid. You know, uh, that's just me trying right. to help these kids at Oceanside uh, reach their goals and get to the next level. Um, and, and fortunately, I know a lot of the coaches throughout the country through, you know, various means and, of course, with Southern Sports Central. But, you know, I, I can imagine for a lot of high school coaches, you know, they ain't about that life, so to speak. And uh, it's difficult because you're up at midnight. I had a coach here in the area over uh, a school in, in town uh Texted me and DM me at 12:30 a.m. the other night wanting transcripts and uh you know I just have to be up because I was working and I replied to him but uh I can imagine a lot of high school coaches look at their paychecks and say hey, I ain't about that life you know I got a whole other life that I gotta take care of that's right that's right that's exactly yeah. It. yeah I like
1: I said I very very rarely do I come to the defense of high school coaches but I think in this case um, they get a pass it's it's not it's not their job. Parents listen, it's not their job to get your kid into college. It's their job to win. and I as much as we agree or or don't like it, we agree that we don't like it. That's what it is. They're just afraid to get fired if they don't win. and it's you know and so that's why high school baseball is a little bit different than travel baseball. And um, that's why, you know, travel baseball coaches probably get paid just as much uh, as on the good teams or more than a high school coach. And they only have to deal with kids for six weeks in a summer. So um, until the money right. changes, I don't I don't think it's ever going to change. I think we're going to see, like you said, Ricky, I think everything's going to be specialized from age three on, uh, you know, as we <laughs> go, because the, the the money's just too big. And I know as a parent, I don't like yeah. forking out all this money. Um, you know, my kid. I paid seven hundred fifty dollars for my kid to play seven on seven, and he's like, "I don't really like football anymore." Oh, great! <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know, I, I feel for everybody involved. Uh, I just, I just wish it were different.
6: Yeah, Eugene. Yeah, Eugene.
1: Do we
2: need to I, kick things off here? I know we're running let short on time.
6: Up. On guys, great show.
2: Thanks, Richard, All right, For guys, calling yes, in, I bye. appreciate it we got about two minutes left. Uh, you know, we're, we're watching the playoffs. The playoffs in baseball uh, for high school baseball are, are getting underway. We know we just had a heck of a battle. It went down. It was great in 3A baseball to, to determine that champion. hand came out the winner. we got to give them much love. Uh, Coach Flory and, and those guys over at Hanahan did a great job winning that series. They did have the momentum. You know, that they, they came up short. They battled hard in that last game, so we got to give them much props, man. I mean, they they're, their ranking now in state jumped up tremendously. Um, but, you know, they're a deserving team. So, um, I tell you, we are ready to roll here for the baseball playoffs. Uh, we'll continue some coverage on that next week. Looking forward to next Wednesday night there, Tori. Yes, next
1: week we should be getting into the nitty-gritty with the high school uh, baseball. And we will know, we'll have a much better idea after this weekend where our college baseball stands that we didn't really get to tonight Um, so next week we'll be a little bit more focused on college baseball
2: yes sir and with that we'll uh we'll sign it off man it's been a great show we'll see you next wednesday night guys all right thanks